I'll need this. So, yeah, up to this point, we've covered a lot of like attributes of um, and descriptors of Christian character. Um, and I kind of just want to take a second, recap, make sure we're on the same page, and then we'll dive into the, the scripture for this evening, okay? So, like I said, we have description of character of a Christian in these Beatitudes, and so far, I, I we've covered, he's a man that is poor in spirit, he is a, or they are a person who is poor in spirit, a person who is meek, right? does not have an exalted opinion of themselves, correct? They hunger and thirst after righteousness, longs to do the right thing. He, he seek, they seek to treat others as he would like to be treated kind of thing, you know, hungering and thirsting for the proper things, yes? Um, we see uh, they are merciful, not seeking revenge, <laughs> right? Um, and not, you know, not even just getting possessed by getting even mentality kind of thing. Does that make sense? Not getting consumed by I need to get even first, right? Um, uh, he, they are pure in heart, um, not putting on these outward facades and masks, and but all motivation comes from a purity in heart, right? Um, and a peacemaker uh, and does not go go around stirring up strife and you know but seeks to bring people together and then also mournful of the sin over their own lives and sin in general right so we've kind of seen all of these these beautiful descriptions of character of the christian right and then i got to thinking of like what do you think the world's attitude would be to such a person you know, like a person who embodies all of these things, what would their attitude be to that person? Uh, will they admire them? Would they try to vote them into office? How, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting, all of these things, you know, and the, the beatitude that is next is kind of going to unravel some of this, you know. It's the opposite of... A lot of what the world asks a lot of these things that we've covered up till this point is and frankly and forward is opposite of what the Lord kind of demand or what the world demands right mm -hmm. world doesn't say be meek <laughs> yeah. the world does not say be poor in spirit the world does not say hunger and thirst for righteousness sake it doesn't say that the world does not say that but the Lord says all those things you know, um, so this scripture that we're covering tonight is blessed are those uh, or blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's Matthew 510. Okay. So that's where we're going to be out uh, this evening. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay. So a couple observations here, just kind of on the front end. Jesus does not say blessed are they who are persecuted for being different. That's not what this is saying. Um, that's how it's most commonly interpreted, right? It's like, oh, I'm being persecuted because I'm different than the world. 
Well, I'm sorry that's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, not for being different, right? Um, and yes, I agree that if somebody is different, they're often going to be persecuted. Um, but there is no particular blessedness attached to that. Okay, and we're going to properly define persecution tonight just so that we're all on the same page. Because when I hear persecution, I immediately go to, oh, I'm being condemned for my belief. Right? Yeah. Well, that's not what persecuted means. Persecuted is actually somebody just not agreeing with me. That's it, right? We've Christianized that word. We're persecuted. Somebody can still persecute me, like, for not liking the music that I like. Right. Somebody can persecute me and I'll get into it later. I'm jumping my nuts. Okay. So, um, and I know some people who have been completely obnoxious and, and aggressive in witnessing of the Lord. And then they're saying, okay, <laughs> I'm being persecuted because they're not receiving me. Right. No, that's just you being obnoxious and, and stupid. Right. That's not you being, um, uh, sensitive to what Holy Spirit's actually saying. It's just you being ob obnoxious and pushing your agenda, okay? Um, that is not persecution. That's just you tooting a horn, okay? Um, yeah, so part B is kind of a repeat of a prior beatitude. Does anybody know which one? Part B of the verse, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Which one is it? Anybody want to take a gander? Don't look, don't look. You have them all memorized. For they shall be blessed. Hmm, awkward. That's not even it either. <laughs> blessed are the blessed. Yeah, they're going to receive blessed. Yeah, no. Sounds right. Sounds good. I mean, it's true, but not directly. That was a book for sure. What was the ending of it? <laughs> For theirs is the kingdom of heaven is the end. So well, what other beatitude says that? Ra rattle and awful? Is that? Yeah. What? Four. One. Four. Yeah. Poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, that's it. Right? Okay. So this is a repeat. So these two are a little bit tied together, yes? Yeah. yeah. Kind of interesting. You get the same reward, right? Okay. So... I love this reward, and it entails many, many things, but I, I, we need to um, focus on part A and make sure that we get in touch with part A. So, okay, does this make sense? You guys with me? Okay, cool. So I was thinking about this message tonight, and I always kind of break it down word for word for myself. Uh, so I'm properly defining every word for myself in the verse, right? And then I can prop properly communicate what the Lord is speaking in the passage, right? That's what I do. Um, frankly, if you want to prepare a sermon, that's how I do it. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how others do it, but that's how I do it. I just properly define it and then ask Holy Spirit to properly define it and, and ta-da. Okay. So it's very interesting as the blessed are those who mourn strikes me, right? This blessed are those who mourn. It's like, okay, what? Why would I want to mourn? Right. This is kind of the same kind of sting of like, blessed are those who are persecuted. You know what I'm saying? It's like, am I supposed to seek those things out? That doesn't sound very, very exciting and very fun, 
right? But before we get into that, has anyone been persecuted for what you believe? Under the actual definition or the definition that we've defined? The definition that you think it is. Under the definition that I think it is, I'd say yes to a degree. I've had plenty of encounters where... Give me a quick one. Yeah. Um, there was a job opportunity a while ago at my previous job that um, this individual did not want to promote me for explicitly for that reason. Um, like they told me. For what reason? They said, um, I don't like your beliefs. Okay. I don't think that you'd uh, be fit in this role because of your beliefs. Cool. They kind of showed me off. Great. Anybody else been persecuted? I mean, I might people disagree with me, but I don't know if that falls under the persecution in my okay. mind right now. So let's, let's properly define this, right? I think everybody's been persecuted, right? Whether you think LeBron is better than Michael Jordan and somebody attacked you for it, right? Like, I know that's a silly example, but like, okay, I think Michael Jordan's way better than LeBron and somebody else could on the other side of the table could say, no, Lex, that's actually a really idiotic way of thinking. Isn't that being persecuted for what I believe? Yeah. Right. That's persecution. Or, you know, even a sillier example is you like pineapple on your pizza, but somebody else doesn't. And it draws this wedge between you. And it's like, Oh man, you're a freaking moron because you like pineapple on your pizza. Right. This is persecution. I know it's silly, but how often does this actually turn into an attack on, on a, a, an attack on character, right? Have you seen this? You know, you can see this all the time. Like, oh man, like in the gaming world, I'm sure you see it all the time just for something you believe like a better route um, or a better way of playing or a better um, team mentality that you think you have, but somebody else doesn't have right? A music wedge. Somebody else thinks that this kind of music is the best kind of music, but then on the other side, it's like, no. And it turns into like, oh man, your taste of music is really silly. It's not very smart. You don't really even understand music, do you? Right? That's how it goes. This is persecution. Obviously, this is not what the passage is talking about, right? But I want to I wanna properly define it because I think we persecute people a lot without even realizing it. We're throwing these attacks at people because they're just, they think differently than us, right? Mm -hmm. And we call them stupid or an idiot or whatever it might be because they're different than us, right? And what's that do to a non-believer? It blows their entire world up, right? Because it could be something that they're like, oh man, I really, really believe that, right? I really, really believe that. And so-and-so came along and blew it up. And now I'm like, oh, frick, now I don't know what I believe. Even, I know the two examples I gave were really, really silly. But, like, how often do we do this? Right? In the workplace. I catch myself doing it all the time. Like, man, the way they're freaking doing that is stupid. And I, you need somebody else in there to change it and, and all of it. Meanwhile, I don't feel like I'm attacking the character of the person who's running that department, but at the same time, I am. Right? Do you see 
you see what let's see what I'm trying to do here. You, yeah. you understand what persecution actually means, right? Persecution is a mistreatment or an ill treatment, um, or to show hostility due to a belief or a loyalty. Do you hear me? Yeah. Persecution is a mistreatment or an ill treatment or a showing of hostility due to a different belief or a loyalty or a belief rather, I should say, not a different belief, a belief. Okay. And remember that this persecution talked being talked about in Matthew five ten is for righteousness sake, which is very, very important, but I want to properly define persecution before we get into that. Okay. So this is not blessed are, <laughs> this is silly. Blessed are they which are persecuted for pineapple on pizza's sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's not what this passage is saying, right? This is righteousness sake. This is for righteousness sake, so that I'm not being persecuted because someone dis... Um, so I'm not being persecuted because somebody disagrees with my opinions, but because somebody believes, doesn't agree with truth. Right? That's what righteousness sake means. If I'm being persecuted for righteousness sake, it means that somebody is, disagree is disagreeing with truth, not with opinion. So often we think that this is opinion, and I have my own opinions about this. But this is actually truth. The scripture, the holy word of God, the Bible is truth. This is not a bunch of just opinions in a book, right? Yeah. This is not just the, the capture of God's word. This is God's word, right? Does that make sense? I really want to make sure that you guys understand this. When I, it says, for righteousness sake, again, I'm not being persecuted because somebody doesn't agree with my opinions, but they're disagreeing with truth. Makes sense. Righteousness is rightly living. Righteousness is living rightly. Being persecuted is not living in this guilt, right? not what the it's not what persecution is okay so the big question i had is all of the other beatitudes are maybe something that i would seek out to strive to be correct right i would strive to be poor in spirit i would strive to be mournful of my sin i would strive to be meek i would strive to be all of these all of the things that we covered at the top i would strive to be those things but then i feel like i get to this point here and I am, am I to seek out persecution? <laughs> right? You see what I'm, I, I just, are you tracking with me tonight? Yeah. Am I to actually seek out persecution? What is this beatitude actually telling me to do? Because I'm, I'm supposed to seek out to hunger and thirst for righteousness sake. Right? I'm supposed to seek out to be poor in spirit. I'm supposed to seek out to be meek. Right? But then this one comes on the scene and it says, blessed are those that are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, right? And obviously you're not supposed to seek persecution out, obviously, right? Let me just put a blanket statement on that. You're not supposed to entice people to disagree with you. Um, you're supposed to, uh, yeah, okay? So this is, this is cool. Listen into this, all right? 
In rightly living comes a loyalty. Right? Think of it. If I am obsessed with the Miami Heat, okay, the basketball team, the Miami Heat, then what happens? I start living and breathing the Miami Heat. Yes? Mm -hmm. And then a product of that is I become loyal to the Miami Heat. Does this make sense? Okay? So through rightly living comes loyalty, okay? And through that loyalty comes persecution. Why? Because people will notice. Right? People will notice that you're being loyal. Yes? I'm sure you guys have seen this in your lives. Right? Whether you've bought into a football team, a, a sports team, or a, a band, whatever it might be, you, you are loyal to that group. Right? You're, you're loyal to your workplace. Why? Because you're bought in on the vision maybe. Right? You're loyal to your friends. Why? Because you're bought in. Yes? Okay? So, in rightly living comes loyalty. And through that loyalty comes persecution because people will notice, okay? And more than people noticing, the enemy takes notice, okay? I will talk about this briefly, all right? He will take notice to you, all right? Not in a good way, right? Not in like, oh, cool, he's doing the work of God. No, that's yeah. not his mentality, okay? So... My goal, and let me, let me describe once I say this, okay? My goal or our goal should be for through my loyalty births a devotion that makes the enemy threat. Okay? Because persecution doesn't come from man. Persecution comes from the enemy, right? The man is just the, the middle man, if you will, right? The person is just the middle, is the in-between, is, is the vessel, if you will, for the enemy, right? I know, that's, that's spooky, right? And yes, I've been a vessel for the enemy in this area. Probably you have too, right? This is tough. It's a, it's a harsh reality, but all good things come from? Yeah, Theology 101. All good things come from God, right? Yeah. Yes, okay, good. We passed that. That's really heavy doctrinal truth i know you're welcome so our goal should be through my loyalty for through my loyalty versus a devotion that makes the enemy threatened by me okay this is what the beatitude can this is what the beatitudes can be minimized down to is blessed are the loyal for fill in the blank yes if I want to minimize and take like this huge, huge backed out, you need a telescope to read it kind of thing. You back way, way away from the Beatitudes and then you see blessed are the loyal. That's how all of them can be summarized. Okay. But I love that Jesus gave us multiple so we could go into depth of what that loyalty actually means. Yes. You with me? Okay. I'm sorry about the dog guys. You're doing great. Doing really, really good. Good job. All right. So does this make sense? The Beatitudes can be minimized down to blessed or loyal for whatever, right? Fill in that blank, right? 
Okay. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Again, persecution comes from the enemy, not from man. Okay? These blessed ones are persecuted for righteousness' sake and for Jesus' sake, right? Not their own stupidity and little seeking out, correct? No. Are you saying stupidity is not persecution? I'm just calling what it is, right? Like, I mean, so many people try to freaking just wedge gaps all the time. And then they say, wow, you're just persecuting me at this point. No, that's not persecution. You're actually seeking it out, aka stupid, right? Okay. And, see, uh, and at the end of the day, if somebody would turn to um, Matthew or first, sorry, first Peter 4, 15 and 16, or if everybody wants to go there, it'd be kind of fun. Okay. Uh-huh. Discussion. First Peter four fifteen and sixteen. Okay, so Peter recognized that this suffering might come to some Christians for other reasons than their faithfulness to Jesus. Okay, and this is obviously not what Jesus is addressing in Matthew five verse ten. But I want to read this just so that we can get our eyes on it. Okay, so um, Matthew or First Peter four. 15 and 16. It reads, And let no, none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in the name. Okay? You see what's happening here? Let no one, let none of you suffer as sinful. A murderer, a thief, you know, an evildoer, a meddler. Mm -hmm. Right? Does this make sense? Yeah. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed and let him glorify God. What this is saying is Peter says, yes, you can bring about your own quote-unquote persecution. Right? You can bring it about on yourself. Why? Because of your lack of rightly living. Right? The key, word in this the key words in this entire um, verse in Matthew 5.10 is, Righteousness sake. This is huge. Okay? If it were if if the if Jesus just spoke, blessed are those who are persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, then this would be all, oh my gosh, all out of whack. Right? Because then I would just accuse you of going against what Jesus is saying all the time, whether it's pineapple on pizza or if I'm rightly living. Right? This would be unbelievable. It would be chaos, but I'm so glad that Jesus spoke rightly and lived rightly and gave us this access into this and gave us insight into this so that we could live for righteousness sake, be persecuted for righteousness sake, right? So then I want to pose you guys this question like, okay, have you been persecuted for righteousness sake? Right? Have we been persecuted for righteousness sake because of our rightly living? Or did we bring about persecution ourselves because we were not living rightly? Right? And we know what, you know, the, the reward is. That's why I'm not focusing on it as much. We understand that. One, because I already preached on it a couple weeks ago. And two, 
kind of straightforward for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Cool. Great. Inheritance. Great. Cool. But persecuted for righteousness sake. Like, what does this look like? What does this sound like? What does this feel like? Right? I think there's examples all through scripture. Does anybody have any on the top of their head they think of right away? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. What happened? Um, there was a king at the time. His name was Nebuchadnezzar. And he was very, I would say, full of himself. He wanted the kingdom to idolize him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which aren't even their real names. Those are the names that Nebuchadnezzar came to. I don't remember their actual names. I apologize. Um, I don't know why scripture refers to them as the names. It doesn't matter. The point being is that they refused to um, bow down to Nebuchadnezzar. So he um, said that anybody who refused to do that would be thrown in the fire. Um, and he threw them in a fiery furnace. And uh, the guards who threw them in actually died because of how hot it was. And they saw a fourth individual in there with him. Um, pulled them out, and then that actually shifted the whole kingdom's perspective on the Lord. Yeah, great example. Because of their rightly living, mm -hmm. they felt some heat. Okay? Um, well, not actually. They didn't feel some heat. They got some heat. Okay? Um, any other examples that we think of right off the top of our heads, even if it's super, super big? Jesus. Jesus, yeah. Jesus on the cross, huge one, yes? Mm -hmm. His blood was shed. He got whipped thousands of times, right? Why? Because of his rightly living. They had to come up with things against him to persecute him, right? Who was it? Was it man or the enemy? Completely the enemy, right? Okay, cool. What else? What else? What else? Joseph and his brothers. Yeah, tell us more. Um, he was, I feel like I'm going to get this mixed up with um, it's okay. David. But, because David was the brother that was like chosen, and then all his other brothers got mad at him. And I think I'm projecting that onto Joseph. But and I just remember Joseph, Joseph being persecuted by his brothers, and then um, being like sold into slavery because he was, Yep. Seeking something different than his than his family, and then and then he was actually exalted later for it. So totally, yeah. What else? The disciples after Jesus' crucifixion. You mean the apostles? There. Good point. <laughs> I'm just yeah. joking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I right, felt it. <laughs> it was good. No, but. Um, yeah, they were effectively all hunted down until every single one of them, uh, except for John, was martyred. Yeah. John was attempted martyred, but the Lord saved him so he could write Revelation. Cool. Any other, anything else? Did say Paul? Paul? What just happened? Thrown in and out of jail. He was in jail a lot. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> he had a track record. <laughs> Yeah, Peter too, right? Yeah. All of these. Who? I think she was just saying. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. I thought you said something, Katie. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I just, no, you're good. Yeah. I mean, this is all of those people, right? 
all of those people were doing what? Living rightly. Yeah. yeah. Seeking the Lord with everything that they had. Right? You don't just get to walk by somebody and your shadow heals somebody by not. <laughs> yeah, not walking the Lord. <laughs> right? That doesn't just, oh, coincidence kind of thing. That is living rightly. Right? Okay. Um, let me read this real quick. Okay. And 2 Timothy 3.12. I'm going to read a little bit of this. It says, um, Paul says, he writes this down to Timothy and says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Okay? So, like, this is Paul. Well, with a track record. Pretty much prophetically saying this. Let me read it again. I don't think you heard it. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And then verse 13 says, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. Did you hear that? Yeah. Not from me, right? I'm just a megaphone, right? Did you hear that? Mm -hmm. Okay. This is huge. Remembering who you learned it from. Keeping true to that godly living. Yes? Keeping true to what you have firmly believed, right? I love how Paul writes because he, he, he writes like hypothetically, you know? Let me, let me read it again. But as for you, right, hypothetically, but as for you, continue on in what you have learned and what you have firmly believed, knowing whom you learned it, right? This is, I, I just love the way he writes that. Just assuming that that's what you're doing, right? Yeah. Assuming that you're remembering, assuming that you're being firm and assuming that you will continue, right? I love that. Why? Because it's just like common, it's common sense to Paul. Totally common sense to him. But as for you, because you're already doing it, continue on. It's common sense. And Paul has been in and out of prison, right? Paul has, you know, dealt with a lot of BS, you know, a lot of things coming after him. Paul is the same guy who was killing Christians. And now he's saying that this, continue on in what you have firmly believed. Okay? Let me keep on going. All right? Um, verse 14. I just want to read it again, just so you grab it. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from who you have learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And then he just ties a beautiful, beautiful bow on it in 16 and 17 and says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Okay, so... 
with that, all scripture being breathed out of God Almighty, this is not just a holder of God's word. This is God's word. Right? This is huge. The Bible is an incredible, incredible thing. It is the actual manifest voice of God. We're spoiled. You know, we are so, so spoiled. Why? Because we understand that. We should at least, right? We, we should understand that, that all scripture is breathed out, uh, breathed out by God. I mean, that echoes through all of eternity, right? It's not, I mean, that is huge. It's, it, that will never stop. That will never not be the case. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. And then it's also profitable for teaching. It's also for reproof. It's also for correction. And it's also for what? Training in righteousness. You hearing me tonight? Right? So he starts off with saying that godly living <laughs> will lead to persecution. But at the end of it, you know how to do that godly living so that you can be one of the ones who are being persecuted. And how do you become persecuted? By having a level of loyalty to God Almighty. Right? Isn't that amazing? Like, what a privilege. You think Paul was bummed that he got persecuted for the name of Jesus? No. Did he seek it out? No, he was just living his life with Jesus. He was living right. He, was give, he gave Holy Spirit access to every speck of his life, right? Cool. Let me close with this. Go to Matthew 16. I know we read this a couple weeks ago, but I just want to close with it one more time because I think it's huge. Let me find it. Okay, here it is. Go to verse 17. Okay, put your finger there and then pay attention. Okay, don't read it yet. Just turn there, put your finger there. Okay, Matthew 16, verse 17. Or 16, 16, whatever's easiest for you to remember. So this is when Jesus says, hey, who are people saying that I am, right? And they give this list of John the Baptist, uh, prophets, yada, 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 right? Gives these lists of who he might be. Educated guesses on who he might be, right? Is actually the fulfillment of all, yeah? yeah. Okay. And then he asks, but who do you say that I am? And Peter says what? Anybody remember? What's he say? Come on. In your own translation. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God, yeah. the Savior. Yep. Yep. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Okay? And then Jesus says this in verse 17. Ready? Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And then listen. I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So is this just a statement to Peter? 
No, this is not just a statement of Peter. It is in this in this context right now, right? It is when it was being spoken over Peter, right? But what's it mean to us now? It means, and I know I've touched on this already, but I think this is really, really important. And I tell you, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Okay? On this rock. What is the rock? Anybody ever thought of this? What is the rock in this? This truth. On this truth. Yes, exactly. Almost on this confession, I will build my church and nothing can stop it. Right? And remember, these gates, gates don't move. They just open and close, right? So the gates of hell, that means heaven's coming, <laughs> right? Heaven's coming. It's almost as if British is coming, British is coming. But it's actually, hey, God Almighty's coming, and the gates of hell can't stop him. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Like heaven is saying, no, I'm, I'm taking it all. I'm taking it all. Death has zero sting anymore. I'm taking it all. I'm actually going and storming the gates of hell. Right? God's not satisfied with a, yeah, I'll say it loosely, a realm that's not touched by him. Right? Can you, like, set the scene here? Because all I see is this huge white cloud coming against the gate that is just sitting there that's black, ugly, and part of a scary movie and this huge white cloud with white horses or eyes of fire are coming and storming this gate and saying, no, we're taking it all. Okay. So let me back and get back on point. This is huge, huge, huge news on this rock, on this confession that you are the son of the living God. I will build my church on this confession, just the confession alone. Right? Some of us are so, so numb because every single time at youth group, we'd hear an altar call and it would be like, hey, we got some new faces here, so we're just going to, you know, we're going to. Yeah, that's how your pastor sounds. We get it. Right? <laughs> I've been one. I sounded the same way. It's cool. All right? But it's like, hey, we got some new faces. I'm so proud of you guys for bringing friends. Now we're just going to deliver the gospel. And then we're just going to ask you guys to come up front. Uh, actually, don't come up front. You're going to shut your eyes and no, nobody look up all of this stuff, right? Am I talking to a zombie crowd tonight? This happens, dude. This is freaking weird. Why would you shut your eyes and say, oh, me, don't look? Why? All of heaven's rejoicing. Yeah. Shouldn't the church rejoice too? Yeah. Huh, but that's just me. Okay. So anyways, uh, yeah. So flesh and blood did not, um, did not learn you this, but... On this confession, I will build heaven. I will expand heaven if I can use that language. I know that's a little, yeah, I know it's out there. But I will, I will move mountains. I will storm gates. I will storm the enemy's lair. I will take it all on that confession. I don't know. That, that truth, that does something one, because persecution seems like a little blip on the radar with that truth. Yeah. Right? Okay, throw me in jail. Cut off my head. Yippee. Give me a high five after because I'm going to heaven. And I'm going to storm the gates of MF hell. Right? And like, <laughs> that is incredible. I get to be on that team. Right? Are you hearing me? Yeah. 
Are you hearing me tonight? This is huge, right? I don't really care about persecution. Why would I want to hide what I believe, right? You know, we've been trained. We've almost been trained. At least I feel this way, and I will speak on the behalf of all of you, just for the sake of my message, right? I, we have been trained in this, in this sense of being like ashamed because our, our leaders always talk about it. So it's like, okay, it's, I guess it's normal for me to be ashamed of the gospel. Well, no, it's the most encouraging thing. It's the most exciting thing. It's the most thing, it's the thing that I should be most proud about. Why? Because on the confession of you are the son of the living God, he says, I'm taking it all. Right? That's why some of you guys think I'm, uh, I mean, that's why I take the stance on sickness. Because the gates of hell are getting stormed. That's why I take this stance on cancer. Because the gates of hell are getting stormed. That's why I take such a strong stance on the prophetic. Because the gates of hell shall not prevail. All prevail means is win. They will not stand. They will not be victorious. That means heaven and all of the angels and all of the angel armies are storming that gate and have stormed that gate. Right? Jesus has already won that, right? He went behind the gate. <laughs> it's like, cool, I've got the keys. Now I'm right from going up. Does this all make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, I want to encourage you for rightly living. I want to encourage you for it. I want you to do it. I want you to be loyal to God Almighty and Him alone. And it's okay to get persecuted because it's a blip on the radar. And guess what? Persecution only means that the enemy's threatened by you because you're knocking on the gate and saying, hey, I'm taking this for heaven. Right? You see that picture? Yeah. I see that picture so strongly right now. Right? I hope you like, I hope you're encouraged by that. It's not just you on this little island. I know sometimes it sucks and sometimes it feels that way. But it's not you just on the little island at so-and-so school or so-and-so place or so-and-so whatever. It's not you. You have angel armies surrounding you. Right? Yeah. Not only because I know the Lord hears my prayers and I'm praying for that, but also because Scripture promises it. Right? Yes? Yeah. Yeah. So, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Why is the kingdom of heaven tied to that? Well, because of exactly what we just talked about. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The gates of hell shall not prevail. That make all sense? Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I think this is huge and something that we need to dig our heels in. I don't care about a political not movement. when Jesus came in. I agree. I don't care about a movement. I don't care about any hashtag. I don't care about any of it. Why? Because righteousness sake. If I'm hungry and thirsting for righteousness sake, I guarantee I'm going to be persecuted for righteousness sake. Yeah. 
I put money on that, right? If I could bet on that, I'd go on to DraftKings and I'd bet on that, <laughs> right? But that's not on there. Yet. Yet. <laughs> okay, does that all make sense? Yeah. I know, you guys were like, persecution. We're going to talk about persecution. That's going to suck. No, it's actually really good news, yeah. right? It's actually really, really good news because you get to the point, and I'm going to point at Peter for a second, right? He's not the standard because Jesus is, but I'm going to look at Peter. You get to the point where Peter has such an authority and where he's stormed those gates so many times that he can walk by somebody mm-hmm. and his shadow hits him. And Holy Spirit says, boom, I've got authority here, right? Or he can wipe his brow with a handkerchief, say, now just take this to your dying, whatever, and they'll be healed. That's in the Bible. Can you believe that? A freaking handkerchief (laughs) with a little bit of sweat and sauce on it? Okay. (laughs) Holy crap. That's amazing. That gets me a little excited. So again, when I think of all these characteristics of, of what a Christian is supposed to be, this one has to be on the list. Dropping on the Yeah. Cool. Well, let me pray for us. And I kind of want to just beat this around the room a little bit. It's only 8 o'clock, so you guys, night's still young. All right. <laughs> cool. Well, Lord, thank you for your truth. Thank you for... Your, your word that never comes back void, that echoes through eternity, through, through the universe, Lord. Lord, I'm so glad that you are high and lifted up and that I don't have to even try to be. That you're holy, that you're worthy, and that, Lord, I pray that you would train us into righteousness and godly living and living rightly. And Lord, I pray that we would be a place where you can build upon. Not for ourselves, but for your glory and for your your manifest presence to saturate the entire earth. Thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.